It's the My Michelle Live podcast. Looking for the God story and news of the day. My Michelle Live news and views. Here's Michelle. Hey, thanks for joining me for News and Views from my Michelle Live today. Wow, we've got a big news story that is rocking the entertainment world and indicative of stuff that's happening in the United States. We have become a haven of division and hate. I am talking about Kanye West. Now, Kanye is getting canceled right and left. No kidding. He is a sad thing. He's getting canceled by Adidas, Gap, his Hollywood talent agency, CAA. Oh, also MRC has announced that they're shelving his documentary. Twitter has locked down his accounts. What did he say and why is he canceled? It has to do with a bit of anti-Semitism. And we're going to take it on with a little view from Jerusalem. And now a view from Jerusalem with Rabbi Adlerstein. Rabbi Yitzhak Adlerstein joins us. He is the director of Interfaith Affairs for the Simon Wiesenthal Center. And it is good to connect with you, my friend. Welcome back. Thanks. Always great to be here, even though I feel a little guilty about this show. What? Yeah, because I'm here in Jerusalem, which is the safest place on earth. (laughs) To avoid anti-Semitism. There you go. And here it's getting crazy. In fact, anti-Semitic outbursts have gone up nearly 20% in our country. And it may very well be because influencers like Kanye who have these these crazy statements. We're going to look a little bit deeper, but let's talk about basically what he said. And if you are watching live on TikTok, you won't be able to see. You'll have to go to MyMichelleLive.com. If you are watching live any, anywhere else or if you're just listening, you can go to My Michelle Live and see some of this. But basically said that the Jewish people are, he's blaming the Jewish media. He's blaming, he says that there is a underground Jewish mafia that's, he's being targeted by. He made a statement about going death con three on Jews. This is, is this indicative of free speech in America today? And what are your thoughts, Rabbi? So there are a whole bunch of levels to this, and I certainly don't want to be another Jew crying to non-Jews about our plight. But there's a bigger story there here that, that has nothing to do with Jews. It's how does somebody like Kanye, who does suffer from mental illness, he is bipolar, and when you don't take your meds, you do some crazy things that make you less responsible for them, especially when you have a chance. To what about our responsibility... As, as listeners, viewers, Americans, to listen to that stuff and to go, wait a minute, what's really going on? I have his tweet up on, on our live feed, and you can see it at My Michelle Live. I'm a bit sleepy tonight. When I wake up, I'm going, death con three on Jewish people. And he says, I can't be anti-Semitic because blacks are the real Jews. And it's a weird rambling, but Rabbi, he's not the only one. We've had many people who have come out anti with anti-Semitic ramblings, Ice Cube, Nick Cannon, Deshaun Jackson, Louis Farrakhan. It's been blasted on freeways. How would you feel being Jewish, driving through the streets of LA and seeing these 
signs and people, gosh, it's horrible that that are saying that Kanye is right about Jews and citing scripture. There's one of the scriptures, Revelation 3, 9, I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan who claim to be Jews, though they are not liars, just taking weird scriptures out of context. How would you feel driving the streets and seeing that as you drive down the freeway, Rabbi? Although I should tell you, I know exactly where the synagogue of Satan is. It's the place down the block that I never walk into. I don't like the people there. They don't like me. That's the synagogue of Satan. My synagogue is fine, though. Oh, there's some deep truth, though, in that, isn't there? That kind of gets to the crux of the problem. But there are, there, are num- there are a number of cruxes. The one I'd really like to talk about is Kanye West has more followers and on his social media account, twice as many followers as there are Jews all over the world. Mm. Now, why should that be? Why is he an influencer? His ex, Kim Kardashian, took her a little while, but she did say the right thing in the end, and she did vow his anti-Semitism. And uh, at the same time, you ask yourself, why is Kim Kardashian somebody who so many people follow? Why do we care? <laughs> and uh, somebody wants to find Kim Kardashian is somebody who is famous for being famous. We've gotten to a point that fame itself is a license to say whatever you want and have people drop their jaws in awe. And that, I'd love to hear what you have to say about this. To me, it seems that there's a kind of shallowness in society when people feel close, feel that they connect with people just because they become famous or because they drive big cars, or because they're living more glamorous lives than they than they do. Hmm. Why should that be something that our kids, and that we actually look up to, and give people an outsized platform for things they're not competent of saying anything about? That's a good point. We look for heroes in our society, and we are so lost in in our world with what is right, what is wrong. We don't appreciate real heroism any longer. And so we look to some of these people like their royalty, and we're talking, if you're just joining us, we're talking about Kanye's anti-Semitism remarks, Semitic remarks, and uh, some of his canceling. Rabbi, he says he can't be anti-Semitic. And to me, that is reminiscent of a lot of people that say, I can't be racist. There's no way because of ABC. We've heard a lot of that from from people saying that white people are racist. We hear someone like Kanye saying, I can't be racist or anti-Semitic. And it hits a little closer to home. The same statement was made by Philip, the Philadelphia president of the NAACP. And this is interesting. There's also been people who, the Anti-Defamation League, Jonathan Greenblatt, he's been CEO and, and national director, said there's systemic racism. So we see, hear these phrases from every angle. What's the real problem? The real problem is that we're a society without moorings, where we have taken everything that was important to the founding of this nation, to the strength of the family, and we've lost them away in the search of greater happiness and autonomy and freedom and been left with just a lot of heartache. So people need causes, they'll invent causes. 
and they'll pursue them with passion because that's the way God created us. The interest is speaking to you and to people like us. You're Christian, I'm Jewish, we disagree a lot theologically, but the common basis of believing that there's a God in the world, that God gave us individual significance, that make mistakes, that there are rules of nature and of moral conduct that are God-given and not going to change, that you can't decide to just revolutionize things and start civilization over from the beginning. And one of those is, as you said, in the pursuit of finding heroes. We need heroes, mostly because there's somewhat of a vacuum in our own lives, because we feel that life just isn't exciting enough and that we can't, we don't get the full charge out of it. So we live vicariously through others. And then we elevate them to positions of, of moral sagacity as if they knew something. And that's really what I want to get at. That's, I think it's laziness. God, as it's laziness, but for some people, it's not laziness. They really have no other place to turn. Religious people do have. First of all, we have to be able to feel that individually we have to feel the love of God and that God gave each one of us an individual mission. We probably will not find out about it as long as we're on this earth, but you can be sure God invested in each one of us for a specific reason. Okay. And what, something good, and we live close to his way, we should feel a sense of pride and accomplishment. We should be able to pass that on to our kids, that our kids should respect us because of what we're contributing to the world. When we do that, we don't have to look for heroes. We can find the real heroes, and there's so many real heroes around us, but they're not the ones you're going to see in mainstream media. But we really have to come up with our own media. Come to think of it, that's exactly what you're doing. Uh, so <laughs> I'm starting the Air five, so Rabbi, air it. five. To cure the ills of America and the world, we right need here. more Michelles. Right here, right here. Oh, my goodness. We're If we're that desperate, it really is bad times no, in the no, world. Really, look, I appreciate the humility, but don't find the humility wagon so quickly because there is something to it. You're doing something valuable. You should feel the pride without without it becoming oppressive to others by bragging about yourself. Mm-hmm. Whatever you accomplished, whatever you continue to accomplish, what I accomplished, what anybody accomplishes is only through the grace of God and with his help. But we can be proud of what we are doing because God has told us that it's important. When we do that, we don't feel as empty. We don't need to attach our egos to people of dubious value and dubious intelligence. And we can find other kinds of, we can find other kinds of heroes, but we're certainly not going to latch on to people who are unqualified as if they should be the opinion makers, the social influencers. Who an influencer should be somebody who's accomplished something in his or her life and is an expert. Ouch. Yeah, true. But here we are in a place where we are looking for those heroes because we have replaced God in every area. God is the ultimate hero. He really is. The scriptures say, what is man that you are mindful of him? And yet he is deeply and intimately mindful of us. We replace God and then we're left with this gaping hole. And then we get to a place where truth is somehow 
not really truth. There is really no idea of truth without God. Think about it logically. If there's no ultimate truth, there really is no truth. There's my truth. There's your truth. Who's ever truth. If we have enough people that have the same truth, maybe our truth is the best truth, but it's still crazy. And some truth, some truth, just a little bit of truth, but not the whole truth that we're working on, Rabbi, is still a lie. And I'll give you an example. We have critical race theory out there as we talk about Kanye West and some of his anti-Semitic ramblings. Critical race theory. There has been in some cases, and there are now people who may run companies or systems or their lives thinking that other people groups are inferior or different. But the labeling every white person, even white babies, as racist is as crazy as Kanye West, who has, a, I'll give you a, a little insight into his ramblings. He feels that the Hollywood and entertainment industry has exploited, stifled, taken advantage of people of color. Many of those of those leaders in Hollywood and the entertainment industry have a Jewish background. So you, what, label all Jews as exploiting people? That's the same level of idiocy. And what it comes down to is a truth that we are all one race. It's called the human race. And what's really behind all of this is not Jewishness or whiteness or blackness or anyness. It's really hate. And it blinds us from the truth. It eats our soul. And it causes us to war with one another. Absolutely. I would not diminish just at the same time the sheer power of in the people who you're talking about when you don't have God and you're at it essentially alone, making sense out of a very difficult universe to make sense of how easy it is for some people. And it's probably built into our genes that, that we become tribal. We find a small group to associate with. If we feel the victims, we look for those who we think are oppressors. I really find Kanye's predicament to be problematic. The, he's complaining about his lawyers, who he hired, his, I his, know. Oh. his managers, who he hired. He has a, possibly hang, there are lots of non-Jewish attorneys in Hollywood and lots of non-Jewish managers, but he chose the ones he did, and he made, he was worth, until he started his anti-Semitism, oh. $2 billion. Billion. Two, does bee. that sound a like bee. he's been oppressed? Yes, and that's a lot of America. We talk about, I'm oppressed. And this is something else that hate does. I do not blame any company for wanting to disassociate themselves with hateful speech. I'm tired of companies and soccer games being politicized. I just really am. I get that. But we pick and choose based on popularity or a political leaning. We, again, we have people like Ice Cube or even Sman Omar that that is extremely anti-Semitic, but they get celebrated. This is because we look at people through the lens of these divisions instead of being created, as you and I have talked about many times on this show, in the image of God. Everyone has a preciousness. There's no reason to tribe up and hate as if this is a whole different race or species of people and see people as enemies. It's to me, it's a lot of what is at the very base of what the problem is, not just with Kanye, but in our society. I will just remind you that, of course, you knew that the Torah reading this week 
is the story of Noah, and followed by the story of the Tower of Babel. And think of what that story represents. You had a group of people who successfully marshaled the technology of the time and decided they're going to build a monument to their own success. They had great adhesion. Everybody was working on this project, but what did they want to do with it? They wanted to wage war against God, meaning we don't need you anymore. It was nice having you for a couple of generations, but we figured out how to get all the water we need for our own crops without you. So we're saying sayonara, goodbye. And what was the reaction? What was what happened as a consequence of that? That is exactly when divisions between peoples began. When the society became glued to the idea of their own self-confidence and not needing God, God said, if humanity is going to continue, we got to get these dudes in different places, and they're going to speak 70 different languages and not understand each other, so we'll not be able to communicate. And it's going to be us and them, and each group against every other group. Exactly what you're saying is that story right there from the Bible, what we both love so much. History repeats itself. And because of our tribing up, we either cancel people, and it's easy to cancel Kanye, or we excuse things that Kanye say says because he's also got those political leanings that maybe if I'm a conservative I can't and he is pro-life and let's just make excuses for that's what we do when we tribe up we will not call out not only our own sin but the sins of others we make excuses for the people we like if I'm a if I'm more left-leaning I'm going to excuse the congress the people in congress who are anti-semitic because well after all they have the right political leanings they're right every other way truth becomes subjective and we all lose out rabbi we just become so blind especially to our own failings the idea becomes more important than the people behind it or even what it means in god's eyes another radio personality i've known for a lot longer than i've known you michelle and i think i can safely mention his name on this program is dennis prager I've been close with Dennis for many decades. One of his classic lines that he delivered in front of Jewish audiences, which he did when he's not on the radio, and it was to all kinds of Jewish audience, reform and conservative and orthodox and humanistic and progressive, you name it. He said, I don't care which denomination of Judaism you belong to, as long as you're ashamed of it. <laughs> if you've lost the capacity the problems within your own group, I don't have anything to do with you. You're a failure. You can advance a, an idea and be firm in your belief and show lots of fervor for your particular flavor and believe that it's the only one that's correct in the eyes of God. But if you can't see the problems within that, then there's something fundamentally wrong. And we've lost that. That's part of this tragic division of our country. We have indeed. And that's where it starts with us. And that's where I want to get to the real deep God story. And you touched on it. I really, truly believe this. If we're going to heal the divisions, we have to start, as the old adage says, when you point a finger, how many fingers are pointing back at yourself, right? And so that's where we have to start is pointing the finger at ourselves. A New Testament concept is called log eye disease. You see a speck in someone else's eye, you got this big log sticking out of your own. We are 
so unable to see our own sins because we don't know, we don't want to deal, and this is really why, we don't want to deal with our shame. If we deal with our shame, we have to deal with the fact that we're flawed. If we deal with the fact that we're flawed, we have to deal with the fact that we're doomed. And if we look at our own demise and doom, we have to say, is there a way out? And if we look for that, the only true way out is through reconciliation with our creator. That's huge. Then we have to admit that there is one, and that just changes everything. So in Instead, I think I'm just going to make a billion dollars and talk bad about the Jews. <laughs> right. And then become so blinded that the very thing that ostensibly you're looking for, which is more economic fairness, you throw away three quarters of your net worth in the space of a couple of days of anti-Semitic of rants. The $2 billion has now evaporated because his sneaker business is basically tanked. So his net worth is now, they say, only $500 million. Oh, my gosh. Oh. To live with just, with just that. But that's what happens. Hatred blinds you not only to the failings of yourself, not only to the fine points of others, but it becomes so all-consuming that it becomes counterproductive to everything that, you, that you're trying to do. Okay, and true story. And yet, when we're talking about Kanye, there is more to the story. As you mentioned, mental health is a huge problem in our society. Now, you would think with even $500 million, you would be able to find resources to deal with it. But... Uh, in Canada, for example, they have been utilizing euthanasia for some time, and there's a new news story that says that they are going to expand that. So if you have a mental health issue, we can go ahead and put you down like a rabid dog. We deal with symptoms. We want to not only cancel, let's just go ahead and put people to death if they have a mental health problem or maybe the wrong political leanings. That's the ultimate in canceling, isn't it? That's why we go to war. This is what happens when we deal with the symptoms and instead of the real issue and that is we're really looking for reconciliation with our creator we're looking for relief from the things that plague us we're looking for hope and that's where I want to take our program because you have consistently you may not have known me and I may not have known you as long as you've known Dennis Prager but We've known each other a long time, and we've had quality time together, and I know that you are a man who, who peddles hope. That's what we need right now. Yeah, and it starts with being reconciled to oneself, with one recognizing one's own worth. I have a weekly study session with an evangelical leader. I'm not going to mention his name because I'm not sure it's fair to... to uh, violate the privacy, but we got to the line which I would have thought as a Christian he would identify as the single most important line in the in the Hebrew Bible, in the Old Testament. That's, uh, that's in Leviticus. It's you should love your fellow as yourself. So we had a lot to say, both sides of the fence, about love and loving other people and can you ever love somebody as... Why kamocha? Why not as yourself? Why not? Why doesn't the Bible say love everybody to the max? Love everybody till it hurts. Love everybody. 
Why kamocha as yourself? Because you can't really love anybody else unless you love yourself. If you feel just emptiness, or if your bluster is just a crude attempt to hide that emptiness, you're not really going to succeed in loving other people, nor in loving God. So it has to start with a sense of self-worth. At the end of the 19th century, there was an ethical revolution in parts of Central and Eastern Europe, asking people to focus on the parts of the Torah that, that dealt specifically with character development and the like. One of those great teachers said that the way to go through life is with two pockets, two pockets. And in each pocket, there would be a different little piece of paper. On one sheet of paper, it would say, Bishvili nivra ha'olam. A line someplace in the Bible. The world was created for me. First person singular. The world was created for me. In the other pocket would be a piece of paper that had Abraham's line. I am nothing but dirt and dust. And you have to have both of them with you and pull out the right one at the right time. <laughs> both, but they're both important to know. You have to have a, a pride in you being the center of the universe, just as Adam was. God created one man to start the process going to say that the whole world is worth it for one man. When he found need to destroy the world after a couple of generations. He started the world over again through one man, through Noah and his family. You have to be convinced that your life has meaning, not just meaning and purpose, not just that you can be optimistic, but that you're contributing something. And that is worthwhile more than the celebrity status of people who are clearly leading empty, shallow lives, can't stay married for more than a couple of years, have problems with their kids. They're not leading lives that we would enjoy. So then there's no need to identify with them. At the same time, Michelle, I don't want to downplay the strength of pure hatred. There are people around who are evil. Mm -hmm. I have no problem saying that much of what we're seeing in terms of anti-Semitism, particularly in one corner of the market, comes from one individual by the name of Louis Farrakhan, who had a close, relation, close relationship with Kanye. He's been quoting him for many years. The anti-Semitism did not start last week. It has just been quiet for a while, but we have a whole string of things, all of them ultimately attributable to Louis Farrakhan, including the idea that the Jews aren't Jews and black people are the real Jews, even though now today they're supposed to be Muslim. I can't quite figure that out. But he, <laughs> he, he has had an enormous effect on, on, on parts, only parts of the black demographic in America. Other parts have had no, no traction at all. The first response that I'm aware of, strong response against Kenya, came from a friend of mine here in, in Jerusalem, who you've had on the show, my friend, Bishop Len Plummer. He's the Bishop of Israel for Kojic, the largest black denomination in the world, who wrote a very sharply worded piece against Kanye and his anti-Semitism and to say that he does not speak for black people of America. Amen. Because really, remembering that every person is 
created in the image of God. They are precious. They're a magnum opus, God's handiwork. We can appreciate that, but we can also recognize that we're dust. (laughs) We have fallen. And when you mentioned, and this is where I want to get back to what affects us and what affects us as individuals, when we, you say loving others as we love ourselves, how important that is. And it is indeed understanding that we, how do we love ourselves? We are miserable, fallen, prone towards sin people. We do that through that reconciliation with God. So loving God, the other very important scripture, love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your body, to, uh, to make that the very center of my being. If I love God and I recognize my purpose and creation, I love myself and it is so much easier to love others. So what I'd love for all of us to take away from Kanye's ramblings is a reminder of how easy it is to fall into hate and how important it is to recognize it first in our own lives, in all of its iterations. And no one gets off the hook from this because your skin is a different color or what church you happen to go to, faith you adhere to, or what you ate for breakfast. Hate is hate. We need to root it out in our own lives first and walk in that love, love others as we love ourselves and love God with all our heart and our soul. And Rabbi, I'm going to start with you. Love you so very much. And I love our time together. I grow from it. I'm encouraged by it. It gives me a pause for thought and it helps me to grow closer to my God. So thank you for joining me today. And thank you for watching, listening, viewing our TikTok audience. I'll be with you in just a moment. Rabbi, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Michelle. Always great to be with you. Remember to look for the God story in your own life. More news and views at mymichellelive.com.